Hi, I'm Andrew Dubber. I'm the director of Music Tech Fest, and this is the MTF Podcast. While MTF is a global community with events, innovators, and contributors all over the world, a lot of what we do happens at the city level. We often collaborate with local policymakers, citywide initiatives, and local ecosystems to enhance that connection between arts and science, academia and industry, innovation and policy. And of course, some of those city ecosystems require some encouragement to push ahead in certain directions, especially when they've long been known for a thing that is maybe not so much a thing anymore, while others are racing ahead with good ideas, great initiatives, and most importantly, brilliant people leading the way. And Sandra Wall is one such person. She's trade and industry developer for the creative sector in Norshipping Municipality. Now, if you're not familiar with Norshipping, it's not too far from Linshipping, a little bit further from Erebro, and quite some distance from Umeå. And all of those things, they're in Sweden. Sandra's helped Norshipping to be a leading light in culture and innovation. She's a champion for progressive projects around inclusion and cutting-edge technologies. And she's worked with MTF to showcase some of those initiatives both here in Sweden and around the world. She's managed the project to make Norshipping a UNESCO city of music. And in 2018, she worked very closely with MTF at Håkan Lidbo to help literally turn Norshipping itself into an orchestra as part of the wider MTF Stockholm activities. So from Norshipping, just an hour and a half or so south of Stockholm, this is Sandra Wall. Enjoy. Sandra Wall, thanks so much for joining us for the MTF podcast today. Thank you for having me. Happy to talk to you again. Yeah, it's nice to have you back because you were at uh, MTF in Stockholm in 2018. Gosh, it was a long time ago. Time flies, but that was great. It was a really interesting look into your work and your network. It was amazing. And you came to us to Stockholm from Norshipping. Where and what is Norshipping? Norshipping is the typical old industrial city that turned to culture and knowledge innovation. The old industry buildings here have become venues and museums and other parts of the cultural life in Sweden. Mm -hmm. How's that going during COVID times? It's pretty hard, uh, but also Norshipping being used to harsh times, actually. We have this let's create motto that we work together to overcome all of our situations in a city like this. So very creative minds. So it's tough times, but already I can tell there will be creative solutions. So it's a bit hopeful. Right. One of the things you did when you came to MTF in Stockholm was you brought some Norshipping with you, at least virtually. There was the uh, huge visualization table where people could zoom in on it, but there was also the VR thing where you could ride a bike through what Norshipping was about to become. And it was a whole lot of new development that hadn't, didn't actually exist at the time. Does it exist now? Can you actually ride a bike through there yet? Not yet, but you could ride a bike through the area they just started building it so it's uh, much closer than we were then and also during that time we visualized what the ground actually looked under all these buildings that are going up ahead so uh, we've checked out all kinds of things that going on in a harbor because this is a new part of the city 
close to the harbor. Right. So you can imagine we needed to know what it looked like below as well. Sure. So lots of interesting buildings going up there. And also we're waiting for Ostlenken, our fast train that will connect us to Stockholm. It will only be like 50 minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right now it's an hour and a half approximately. Right. Right, okay. Um, but one of the main reasons that we connected with you was that Norshipping is a UNESCO city of music, and you're basically in charge of UNESCO city of music. What's a city of music? A city of music is a city that make culture and music foremost, of course, a tool for the city development. Like when there are hard times, you make culture part of meeting the challenges and you need to fund it, of course, but most of all, you need to accept it's part of the city identity. We've had symphony orchestra for many years. Mm -hmm. And 25 years ago, when there was tough times for this industrial city, we made the old paper mill in the middle of the city, a new concert hall. Mm. And that changed things and it grew from there. And we have not only music, but also all these other expressions of culture. So I'd say that you need to recognize culture as a part of the whole city, the system. And uh, we talk a lot about our old industrial block here and we have a cultural block. Um, Even though I work with trade and industry development, it's really important to have an attractive city and living life stages if you want this city to keep on being a place where you like to live. But most of all, of course, the music is in the center of it all. And we have so many genres, so much indie music, so many great, I don't know what you call it, but a lower education for music mm-hmm. because we have universities in Stockholm, Örebro and the Växjö mm-hmm. uh, all around us and People go away for a while to study and then they come back. And we fostered artists like soloists for violin or pop stars, or we have our own Reggie sound and we have a techno cluster that's just amazing. So all these different kinds of music clusters go together. And that's also, as you know, there's tight connection to Linköping and uh, visualization, gaming, and also, of course, music tech. Mm. In Linköping, there are some really interesting names like Softube, and we have virtual ears here. And, right. Yeah. I'm trying to get a sense of who lives there and how many people. I mean, just to give us a sense of the scale, how many people live in Norshipping? Soon to be 150,000, but say 145. Uh-huh. So it's a small city if you look globally, but... It's one of the 10 biggest cities in, in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And is it a young city or is it an older city? What sort of people live there? It's an old city, an old, I'd say the name Sherping means city of trade. Mm-hmm. And it's a very old, we more than uh, 650 years. Uh, so it's uh, more like an old industry village from before Mm -hmm. and now it grew into something else so i'd say it's an old city and also the logistics are still here and it's important to music as well and events Uh, a lot of big event managers try this city out in Mm -hmm. they try to explore a little bit what could be used and how you could change festivals and 
and try out new things. So we keep doing that. So even next year, 2021, when things are certainly looking a bit glum, we actually get a new kind of festival, mm. a platform uh, for innovating the future after COVID-19. Right, because you did until recently have the biggest festival in Sweden, didn't you? Yeah, until a couple of years ago, we had Bråvala Festival uh, by FKP Scorpio. They came here to actually try new things out. And there was this old airfield they could use for a couple of years. And they did. So they tried it out. And also they created uh, Where's the Music, which was a traditional showcase festival Mm -hmm. in the middle of the city. So all these things, they created a new kind of companies in Norrköping. So now there are companies working nationally for event production and all these things. So it was really good for us to learn the industry and also get a lot of interesting people to our city. Mm. Is it important to you that Norrköping becomes associated with a particular thing, is it that it's known internationally? Because it, it seems like you've got a lot of threads going on. Is it more about making it a good place for people who live in Norrköping yeah. or is it about promoting Norrköping to the world? It's definitely about making it a great place to live for people who live in Norrköping and also, of course, for our music community, Mm -hmm. for them to thrive. That's what it's all about. So it's about enabling them to fulfill all the crazy ideas or all the brilliant ideas. And whether they fail or succeed, it's great to see them try things out. And uh, it's all about the music to me but also about the rest of the cultural cluster here, because music ties it all together. It's a part of almost everything we do here. Mm. There's a lot of film going on and gaming and stuff as well, of course. Right. So, yeah, it's about Norrköping. Sure. When I lived in the UK, I lived in Birmingham, and uh, there was a lot of talk about being an old industrial city and you know all of these sorts of things and having a vibrant music community. But a lot of the measure of success quite often, I mean, depending on who you were speaking to, but if a musician was successful, they moved to London. Is it the same here in Sweden? If you know one of the measures of your success of being a musician in Norshipping is that you don't live in Norshipping anymore? I'd say so. I mean, we have Stockholm so close by, they might not even have to move, actually. Mm. But we want them to succeed. And it's lovely to have a city of music like Stockholm close by. I mean, it's a gateway to a lot of opportunities. So we embrace that. Mm. And to us, it would be great if we actually plant the seed here and they go off in the world and then they come back. That's pretty much what we hope for. Right. But of course, we'd love to see people thrive here as well and not have to move. So basically, we want both parties to connect. So we have a lot of music producers from Norrköping in, in Stockholm, a lot of musicians in all kinds of theaters and live music and TV shows. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And you're the trade and industry developer for the creative sector. What does the job actually entail? What does it you do on a day-to-day basis? I do everything from mapping our companies and uh, due to what kind of needs they have, we try to help out. It could be facilitate, establish something new. It could also be trying to find new opportunities like development projects and definitely a lot of 
matchmaking and networking. Mm-hmm. So I'd say pretty much what an industry does. But I, of course, I think my job is much more fun because it's a lot of creative people out there. Sure. So you never really know what the next day will bring. Of course, it's been, I've been heartbroken this spring seeing all these good companies, all these good people struggling just to survive actually with their, from 100% lots going on, actually been in business for maybe 40 years and suddenly you have nothing for a couple of months and you don't know when it's about to start up. Mm-hmm. And in some way it's been tough in Sweden because we didn't have the total lockdown. Sure. But this part was total lockdown. So it's been a parallel world for us to work in. Hmm. I know that there are some initiatives that the Swedish government is doing at a national level. Is there anything that the local government is doing to help artists, musicians, creative industries, those sorts of things? Yeah, we've tried to help out both to apply for the national regional funding, of course, Mm -hmm. but also to help out looking at our funding. We've changed our funding a little bit. We changed the integration fund on 3.3 million Swedish crowns. We made it a a new funding for culture and organizations for them to apply to. And also we let the organizations keep their funding. Even they don't have the opportunity to fulfill what they need to get the municipal funding, but we try to find ways for them to do it in another way and let them keep. If they were supposed to make a big event that you have to cancel, then they keep it and they try to work in other ways. Mm-hmm. We also made a big campaign on live in Norrköping. Uh, you know, it's hard to monetize live streaming, but we wanted to open up our empty stages for the people that are just on the verge of being professional. Mm-hmm. So we opened up our municipal big stages for them to practice and get some routine. And And we also made sure we had the technique and people who know how to live stream in a great way. So in Norshipping, there's been a lot of live streaming. So actually, three or four of our biggest festivals went digital. They didn't cancel, like Bob Marley, who's been going on every year since he passed away. So, And also our talent festival, mm-hmm. it turned out great. And also the symphony orchestra actually finished their spring season through digital concert, which is great actually right so live streamed uh, concert performance by the orchestra yeah fantastic they finished and they even recorded you know they went they usually bring in schools yeah so they made special digital concerts for young and they send it so it's great they actually did everything they they should have done but they str- live streamed it or recorded it so yeah. it was great to see i think they had a lot of fun they went on social media and then they broke up in small ensembles and went to the elderly homes and played like small <laughs> outside their windows where it was safe. So it was amazing to see. And we have, now that we can be 50 people, we have a national event manager that he throws garden concerts with some of Sweden's big artists like Christian Schelvander and Good Harvest and others so the creativity it just keeps going fantastic so we try to support that so sorry back to your question we we try to 
adjust funding. We try to readjust their competence, like the event managers. They have been great for Ika Handlana, for the uh, support when we started to have to deliver food uh-huh. through internet. For the international audience, Ika being like the supermarket chain. Yeah, I mean, our event manager are amazing. Those companies are amazing at logistics, right? So yeah. they've been good. And also some of our artists have worked on it. So sometimes people got got an artist by their door with the food (laughs) supply. And of course, that's not what we want for them, but we want them to survive, to have their income. And it was more fun for them to work together, I think. Sure. Are things looking better now or is it still a bad time? I'd say in Sweden, we have hard times ahead. Right now, we have still municipal, regional, governmental funding. We don't rely so much on ticket sales or sponsorships like in many other countries. But this will be tough now because this is not core. Within the municipality, of course, culture is a really big part of it, especially in a city of music like Norrköping. Mm -hmm. But it's still school and healthcare and all the municipal administration that's number one right and um, this is something that you could cut a little bit so the challenge here will be working for culture and funding to still thrive in Sweden Mm. and in Norrköping. Because I know there are a lot of cities around the world who struggle to take culture seriously and to fund it properly. Does being a city of music help with that other politicians with other agendas taking culture seriously locally or is it still an uphill battle to try and get things funded or promoted or you know to move to the top of the agenda it's always a struggle but maybe not as much we have a mission statement from the unesco we have guidelines from swedish unesco that somehow strengthens the importance and we always have that to fall back on in our Mm -hmm. debates on culture and and music. And also, I think there's an awareness in a city like Norshipping about what culture is and how, even though we have great sports events and we have great sports arenas and organizations, well, it's not one or the other. It's both of them together that makes, Mm. makes it all work somehow. When you and I first started talking a few years back, uh, and obviously we were talking about music and we were talking about tech startups and gaming and film, there's a great film industry there. And you also told me about visualization being something that's big in Norshipping. And I didn't know what that was. Do you want to tell me what you mean when you say visualization? For me, it's innovation and tech that shows something so you understand it. And it's Usually immersive production, like we have a dome that is one of the very best in the world, actually. And the productions that they show there that are sometimes produced in our shipping, it makes you understand through visualization what it means. It could be very complicated things or it could be that our astronaut from Sweden, he brought us, Christer Fuglesang, he brought us to his his hoods in space, like he could guide you and tell you what it looks like and you can follow. Mm -hmm. So I'd say visualization is all 
innovation, technique, like the visualization boards, makes it possible to actually look into a mummy. Uh, in the museums, you can just watch the first layer, right? When visualization technique makes it possible for you to look all the layers, to just swipe down into all of this. And uh, I'd say visualization within research for healthcare is very interesting. Mm -hmm. This table, of course, is used for autopsies and all these kinds of things. So to me, visualization is as cool in gaming as in healthcare, as in the dome productions. And uh, it could also be very, very helpful within city development, like I talked about before. Mm-hmm. You know, where is it toxic? Where you could see it, you could visualize it. Mm. But of course, today it's a lot about we've had a 3D, we have all kinds of new techniques coming in. So this will develop, and I'm not the expert, but this is really, really interesting. Yeah, because when you said you were going to bring a visualization table to Music Tech Fest, I, I honestly didn't know what that was, what that would look like. And really, it's a giant, like really giant television screen, but it's a touch interactive. It's almost like uh, a big iPad and you can just absolutely find things in there. <laughs> yeah, and it's completely yeah. responsive, but you can, you know, as you say, go down layers and, and look at the things in depth. And it's just a really, I mean, even though it's essentially two-dimensional because it's a flat surface, it's a really completely yeah. immersive way of understanding things. And it's not something I'd come across. So it was, it was quite amazing to have that. And now we have companies here, of course, that developed this and worked with museums and exhibitions all over the world to Mm. further that technique. So you need to come again. Yeah, for sure. I want to talk about Thrive a little bit. This We Are Also Nor Shipping, because that's something that we were really proud uh, as MTF to take to uh, South by Southwest in uh, Austin, Texas. Do you want to introduce the project and and what it was and what it involved? This was a collaboration. It was uh, the social entrepreneur, Sibship, came to me as the focal point of City of Music. And she said, people say that young women are hard to reach to work with things like when they want to start music or be into sports, but they're not hard to reach. Uh, I could do a project trying to help young women express themselves. And we focused on music and um, freedom of speech and expression. And we found, I think there was 24 young women from 17 different countries in the end. Right. Because it was a particular group of young women that were were being sought after. Yeah. They were living with restrictions at home. And uh, also they, some of them were pretty new in Norshipping, newly arrived. And also some of them had had really traumatic experiences, but some of them also grew up here Mm -hmm. and were, they have different religious beliefs and it was a really, really uh, tough group. But we had 10 meetings ahead of the actual project, which turned out to be a summer job because we realized if you make it a job, then the and the families get an introduction and are included, then they will get to come. Because some of these young women are not even let into the university. Their applications are erased. I mean, you know how tough it could be. And Do you mean by strict families? Yes. Right. So, so to make this project work, we had to make it respectful to what we 
believe in it and, and to the municipal rules and equality, but also to make it possible for these young women to be a part of it. And the awesome thing was that they got an education in music production, songwriting. They tried out being dancers and artists and singers, and they tried filming. Uh, but most of all, they learned about the society. They learned about their rights and that women can be pilots or part of the government as well. Mm. So they got to look around a little bit and got to experience things in Norshipping and in Sweden. And uh, most of all, they made this amazing production They with a great music producer called Victor Lövgren. And also we had the film company of Runda Bordet. <laughs> and also we had some help with the dancing from the regional cluster. So they made this song thrive where they tell people exactly how they feel. And it's amazing how they could hardly talk to each other the first five times that they met. And at the end of the summer, they are also proud of this song. And I wish we could have done more to follow that up. But most of them are still active in Norshipping, of course, in several different projects and some in music and some in other ways. And uh, also we did a follow-up project in uh, 2019. And that song is called uh, Power of Equality. And then we had both young men and women in the same group in one of our, in a part of the city that's pretty rough right now. It's been hard the last couple of years. So it's a challenge, but they did so well. Also, they did this amazing music video and it was Sibship and the same producers that did it in 2019. Right. And this production, you brought Thrive to Austin and we brought Power of Equality to a Fetela Musik, a 12-hour kind of live-streamed festival uh -huh. for all the music cities within UNESCO this spring, actually. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, because it just struck me it was such an amazing project to take these young women who really were isolated and restricted from doing all sorts of things, particularly, I think, creative things, and then brought together and then introduced to this world where women can do all of these different things, whether it's being a pilot or, as you say, being in government, and but turning that experience into collaboratively writing and producing what's essentially, a, it's a really good pop song. And they look like a band when they perform it on the video. I'll link to the video on the, in the podcast. Yeah, please do. Yeah. And the other UNESCO cities will do the same project now. So I'm looking forward to the songs coming up ahead. That's fantastic because my hometown of Auckland is also a UNESCO city. So yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. And they're working on it. I know that Mark Roach is the head of that work. Yeah. Fantastic. Tell me about Future Echoes. What's that? Future Echoes is a new platform that we hope will somehow be the connection for people because we need to rebuild and not we say the music industry but what is really the music industry right now and how will we go on how will we recover so i'd say it's an innovative kind of showcase festival mm -hmm. there will be new music like on a showcase festival where we want of course people from all over the world to find new music and and book it and bring it home or bring it here. But there will be a lot of focus on the conference and 
this will be kind of a puzzle where people bring their own pieces of the puzzle within the frame of future echoes because it will all be about so what now what will happen how can we support this it will be for music cities what could cities do what are cities doing bring in the best practices and talk about it and uh, we have some really really great and powerful collaborations within this project so it's just starting to take some shape because it needs everyone to put their pieces into it but most of all it's built on the showcase festival concept but it's we try to make it something new like the dome for visualization will definitely be in the heart of it and also we bring other parts of the music like gaming and music tech and other things that connect with the music industry right so for me we are the host city we are not the event managers it's discover sensation and music health that are producing this festival mm-hmm. so it's very interesting to be part of it and bring the local regional work in so i'd say a lot of people from our region will be part of this new platform and hopefully a lot of people will come in from abroad to bring life to it so mm. it'll be interesting to see and of course uh, you know how it is different focus every year of course and we're hoping to be able to uh, host it as planned in 2021 but there are three different scenarios because everyone's safety first right sure and sure. yeah so i mean what's plan b is it something that you could easily do online or Plan B is actually postponing it in 2021 uh, to when we had the Music Cities Forum with Sound Diplomacy uh, the same week as the Night of Culture. It worked out really well. So in case February is too soon, the first scenario is to move it to the Night of Culture and connect them again, but then start over in 2022 in February. Because the end of February will be the slot where future echoes suits the Swedish industry to come visit, I'd say. I want to talk a little bit about you and why it's you that's doing this. And I know that you came from a sort of a journalism background and you were interested in music. Where does this start for you? Ooh, I was always the odd one out, you know, the culture lover in a family of sports or I work at the municipality or the media or theater house with music and culture where that's not the core. So I'd say a love for culture and uh, maybe I just love hearing a good story, getting these feelings. I read a lot, watch a lot of movies and love theater, dance, music, anything. But In the end, it was music that was the connecting dot for me. It always came back to music. And I love all genres, classic, jazz, pop music. I love pop music. And uh, British music is actually a favorite. (laughs) So that's funny. But I'd say for me, it all came to, that was my interest, my main interest. So I actually, at the university, I have, on a program for culture and society and journalism mm-hmm. and ethics. And I read also theater and 
all kinds of things connecting all this, like documentary film. But to me, it was a natural way of finding my place within the communication uh, lane. Because to me, I've never wanted to be on stage. I never wanted to sing. I'm born audience. That's what I am. So to me, working from the audience is, I just want to enable things, create awareness. So I always worked with that. If it was for the regional theater where I started out, then it was about those productions. And within the media, it was kind of tough because I came in as a young woman and worked with, I started out our local papers, internet website for news. Right. And then started up the channel for TV, local TV. And uh, to me, culture was always the most interesting thing. So I ended up of course, on entertainment news and then the cultural editor for the local paper. And doing this and all these development projects, you know, you learn a lot along the way, especially since Bråvalla and Where's the Music. So you get a good perspective. And also I entered some international, what do you call it? It's educations, but for editors, okay. cultural editors. So we went to New York for a couple of weeks and learned a lot uh, about how everything from Tribeca Film Festival to other art expressions worked and how they work with them uh, on a city level. So this is where the interest come. And when they created this project manager um, at the trade and industry office, I was actually writing about it. I wasn't supposed to apply for it, (laughs) but These things happen, right? And um, becoming the project manager, the first thing I did was to uh, start a process to apply for the UNESCO Creative Cities Network because I'd been in touch with them through my work before and I thought their work connecting culture and city development is very interesting. Mm. Sweden is kind of thought of internationally as kind of, if not a utopia for gender equality, then at least doing it better than most. Uh, Did you find still there were any hurdles, any friction? Was there anything that you needed to fight against in order to get what you've got? Or do you think you've had it maybe, uh, you know, if not easier than most, then at least the same amount of hard as everybody else? Let me just say it's been easier working my way up in Sweden than it would have been in many other countries. I work in a global network where I can tell it's a struggle being a woman working, especially uh, on an international level. So I'd say in Sweden, it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But also there's always a struggle. I mean, I love being 40 plus old because it made things so much easier coming into um, very old structures as a young woman is you need to be tough because it's not going to be open arms but as long as you have the knowledge and you work truly and not um, don't give in to it that's kind of my advice uh, because as long as you find your own network and know enough to do what you're supposed to do. Things usually work out when in Sweden. Right. Start in Sweden is your advice. Yeah, that's my advice. No, but there are a lot of other countries that are as good as or even better than Sweden in many ways at 
just look into the gender question because in Sweden it's it's kind of yeah we're done but we're not mm. so it's very important for us to keep working for gender equality I'd say right are things getting better generally do you think I think it is but you know it's so easy it's just us with culture it's a uh, it's two steps ahead and one step backwards all the time so you need to keep working right and also still keep awareness on the gender factor and this is not only men and women it's also today it's a lot of gender fluid what do you say like a lot of questions especially in non-binary i think yeah. Oh yeah, sorry about my English, but no, no. non-binary, I mean, in our creative fields, this question is really important and I'm sad to say that we're far from um, there yet, yeah. so we need to still keep working about these things. But the thing is, sometimes when we talk about gender equality within music, I'd say we need to take a step back and start earlier, because you cannot start at the festivals where the festival need to book, they need to check out, of course, acts and try to keep the gender equal. But there also has to be active work done from young age to create these kind of artists that they can book. And I'd say in Sweden these last 10 years, it's been amazing. We have so many great artists, uh, women between 20 and 30, that really show that the Swedish system of making music and all kind of culture available and almost for free, it's, it's really working, mm. I'd say. Because Sweden does music education quite well at a young age, doesn't it? Do you want to talk about what you get as a student when you're in you know, early schooling? Yeah, within the school system, everyone gets basic music education, but you can also connect to the School of Culture wherever you live. And then you can, for a small amount of money, you can pretty much um, learn any instrument. Sometimes the teachers come to school and sometimes you go to the School of Culture in, in your city and you can join orchestras for young and it's all funded so everyone can join. And I think this is very important because when you have the possibility to play the violin or produce music, even though your family doesn't have it at home, that opens doors for creativity in people that might not have the possibility before. And today, of course, a lot of the young people, they produce music at home and they have really great techniques. So to them, I think it's mostly networking sometimes. Right. Interesting. So for other people like you and I guess like me who are born audience, I mean, I had to join a band to find out that I was born audience. Uh, but, but what do you suggest a pathway could be for people who want to spend their lives, if not being one of the creative people, at least hanging out with them? Yeah, I'd say there are a, a huge need for people like us, born audience, because we need to support try to find funding, uh, try to enable in all ways. They, of course, there's communications and uh, you know how important it is handling media. Journalism like was my gateway. There are innovation like music and tech is really out there. So if you're 
a tech innovator, please join the music <laughs> cluster. And also I'd say that there are many ways, just look into what is your skill, if it's economics, if it's, I mean, you know, the law within the music industry is really complicated. So whatever your skills and interests are, it could be event manager, it could be working with the artists in any way from makeup to booking and agents. So, well, I'd say there are so many ways into the music industry or if you're not really into the industry, there is so much you can do in your own city to just enable people to be musicians <laughs> because we want the new music, don't we, Andrew? Absolutely. And I guess that's how you see your role is to enable musicians in the creative and cultural communities? Yeah, that's pretty much my job. Yeah. Fantastic. Sandra, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. That's Sandra Wall, and that's the MTF Podcast. I'm Andrew Dubber. You can find me at Dubber. Music Tech Fest is at Music Tech Fest pretty much everywhere. The MTF Podcast's out every week around this time, so hit the subscribe button and don't forget to share, like, rate, and review. Much appreciated. Now, this week's episode featured intro music by Stefano Mastronardi, and this is Airtone you can hear in the background right now. The MTF audio logo is by Run Dreamer, and the interview this week was edited by Sergio Castillo. Have a great week, stay safe, stay local, and we'll talk soon. Cheers. Cheers.